This is To The Point. A Rhino experience. Voted one of the top home services marketing and operations podcasts. Cutting through the bullshit and getting to the point. Hey, what's up to the point, listeners? It's your boy, Chris Yano, along with my co-host, Mr. Tall, Paul Redman, and we are live at Service World Expo 2021 in Louisville, Louisville. Kentucky. Oh, Louisville, feels so good. Kentucky. Doesn't it feel so good to be, like, among people and handshakes and bro hugs? Yeah, man. It's actually the first time we're doing a podcast, you know, in this environment, and it's awesome. All these people walking around and watching us. And we've got a guest with us, which is really why people want to come and check us out today, don't you think, Paul? I'm interested to get to know our guest. I feel like I don't know yeah, everything about him know, already. I've always wanted to know who he is. You know, I've always heard the name kind of around here and there, but, you know, now I'm glad to finally meet the guy. Our guest today is none other than Mr. Ken Goodrich, the CEO of Ghetto, and also... G-O-E-T-T-L. Ghetto. All right, all right. Yeah, okay. Uh, also the author of, uh, what's the book, Ken? Uh, it's the, the E-Myth HVAC Contractor. Oh, oh you, don't, you don't say. The E-Myth HVAC Contractor. Contractor. Which I reread part of on the flight yesterday. I sent Ken a picture, and it is fascinating. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. Well, hey, KG, welcome back again. And we are doing part three of the uh, four-part series of Seven Centers of Management Attention. It's just that we're doing it live. So, so far, it's not super distracting. It's but wait, we cool. got we got to But finish, that's the buzz. We got to finish the beginning but, of the but, story. That's what I was going to say. But we have a story that you have to finish because on part two, you were talking about uh, this pig valve story. And you started it at the auction, but you left off the first part. So, you need to bring our listeners up to speed on what the hell was the first part of the story. And, to and get let's to go ahead and start valve, there. So right? we'll get into it. Get into a pig All right, valve. so it was 2004, and uh, I had just I, I had bought my first business, uh, you know, out of my the city I lived in, which was um, I lived in Las Vegas, and I bought a business in Phoenix uh, in 2001, and I started to work and try to grow that company, and so I sent the acquisition letters out to try to find companies to maybe buy and add to the add to the revenue. So I get this, I get somebody calls me and this guy uh, tells me about this company that he had, it's like 75 years old, it's beautiful business. Uh, and he was the founder of the company and he had sold the business to an ESOP, employee stock ownership plan, I think that's what it's called. But anyway, yep. and you know, the ESOP wasn't doing well. They, they weren't running the business well. And he was just trying to help them out and, and get them some sort of exit strategy, right? So he calls me up. We start working on a deal. And this is a different <laughs> thing that I've ever dealt with. And another thing was it was a mechanical contractor, a union mechanical contractor, which is, you know, not my, not my thing. Yeah. Gotcha. But I still played with it a little bit. I said, well, what, what can we make out of this thing? So I, I spent a lot of time with it. And... In an ESOP, they have a uh, a board of directors, which is the you know the employees they, they elect somebody employees. to kind of lead the charge of the business. And so I have a meeting with the board of directors. Now, the company was you know weeks, months away from shutting the doors. I mean, it, at one time it was a, a very big, prosperous business, and it was heading south, and 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 uh, you know they were kind of scrambling, didn't know what to do. So anyway, we go through the process and we talk to them. I make my presentation and, you know, 
the uh, the mechanical contractor guys sometimes think that us residential service guys are uh, I don't know, appliance repairmen or something that we don't yep. they just don't we don't know it. what we they don't <laughs> they don't believe we're really in air conditioning right oh god so anyway they were kind of big ego guys and the guy says that the head of the group says well what makes you think that you can run a business like this and you know the conversation was a little tense and I said well looks like you haven't made money in uh, six quarters Check. so I think I could do better than you <laughs> but it's not a big stretch right it's not a high bar so I think I can do better than you and you know it just got a little tense and and some words were exchanged and you know I I left my final thought with him was I'll just buy it at the bankruptcy auction you know oh. just my little last stab and that's you said that you said I that did. to him and I was you know I was young and immature you know these Facebook uh, young guys that all rant and all this I yep. was kind of like, maybe Name like one of those guys but without without the Facebook I just did it right to your face yeah. So I just said, I'll see you at the bankruptcy auction. Well, so at the bankruptcy auction. <laughs> <laughs> Segway. And then, this, then and that's where you pick up the other side of the story. So, so that's when you went to the auction. Okay. And, and, but you ended, ultimately ended up getting this company. I got all the assets of the company I did, and I. Uh, Except the pig valve heart. Not yet. Except yeah, the, the pig valve heart. And the, that that was listed yet. as a liability that the owner has an artificial heart or an artificial valve. No, 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 made. no, no. <laughs> One of the assets was the key man life insurance policy. That's right, right of the president, which was the guy that I had the little challenge with in the meeting. So I said, I'll buy that too. Got it. Knowing he has a pig well, valve. the pig valve was what threw me over the top as a, as a what I thought was a good investment. But I got to tell everybody that's who's listening here, if you ever have to go through that, it seems like the pig valves work because the guy's clicking pig away valve. since two thousand four. Oh, You're just fine. Did, did the plane land here? Are we did we connect the dots fully? <laughs> So the moral of the story is, if you're starting to have heart problems and you need to get something uh, like a transplant, you got to get a always bet because that's well. That was, that was really the whole story. Is, is a friend of mine was faced with that situation to have to get these valves, and, and uh, you know he's telling me the choice. I go, whatever you do, get the pig valve. Gotcha. Get the pig valve. So there you go, listeners. Now you know. Roll credits. <laughs> Enjoy Service World valve. Expo. Uh, service but it's Expo interesting what you can what you can get wow. out of a acquisition, right? I mean that's a, an asset. You got an a, actually you got an asset that you didn't even know that you that was really right. an asset. I have <laughs> no more comments. Up. Okay, well <laughs> there you go, listeners. Uh, for further information, reach out to. Kenneth. But <laughs> I've been paying. I've been paying the bill for, since '04. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because that. Uh, yeah, gotcha. I just connected the dots on that. I forgot about that part. Okay, let's go ahead and get into uh, what everyone, the listeners are really listening in on to here, and that's part three of the seven centers of management attention. And this is the one where we talk about lead generation, which is a, uh, a topic near and dear to my heart, as well as lead conversion, which is equally, if not actually is even more important. So I know Ken has his opinion, we have our opinion, and so we'll go through it. So first and foremost, let's hit on the lead generation side. Well, of let, me, it. So, let me back up and say this. So you show. left out one, which is the client fulfillment, okay? 
That's the next show, right? That's okay. The so next you want to do another? Can we're yeah. joking when we say this is your okay. podcast? <laughs> this is our podcast. <laughs> I'm the captain of this plane. Cl- client fulfillment is part four that brings it all, like that just all right, drills it home. Okay. So, so, so lead generation. That's what we're hitting on this time around. Unless you know you want to change it up because it's your show. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about lead generation, right? Let's do it. Let's do it. So when I first got started in business, I really didn't. I really didn't put two and two together. What I'm trying to do when I'm talking on these podcasts or even with this book is I kind of start from my experience of uh, being a technician evolving into a business person, right? And um, and the challenges that I faced, and uh, because there's a lot of people in our industry who start the same way, right? So this is who I'm trying to speak to. So when I right. first started in business, um, I. I I didn't understand the concept that there has to be a constant lead flow. You know, it's uh, it, you know, you were just kind of going at it like, well, I got another job here, and I this guy referred me here, and you're just trying to keep it together. Um, but the problem with that is, is that it's not consistent. You know, it's not a system, and you know, you'll have feast and famine, right? And so, yep. lead generation, what, what really came down, it came down to was. In your business machine, you have to have a constant flow of leads coming into the business, and uh, you and your team are going to decipher on who to put towards those leads and uh, and try to ex- execute them on, to a sale, right? Right. Yeah. So um, I want to make sure it's clear and that we don't even assume that people know what lead generation means because we have plenty of people who are just starting out who are who are just rolling on referrals and, you know, like the normal stuff that you might do when you're first starting. But what do you, like, what is lead generation? Okay, so when you look at the three, there's three three parts of the seven centers of management of tension that are common in every single business, which is lead generation, which is I've went out and marketed myself, advertised, or made a contact, and I've created a lead of somebody who uh, needs my services, right? Yep. New business, right? Like new customers, and so, right? And then, I work to convert them into a sale, and then we fulfill the contract. Lead generation, lead conversion, client fulfillment, right? Nice right. little triangle, there. right? So, on the lead on the lead generation side, the business has to has to have a constant flow of leads coming into the operation that then you apply your uh, your sales system to to sell the jobs and fulfill the contracts. Right. right. So I want to ask a really important question. Tactical. A really important question in regards to lead generation. And I'm genuinely curious to hear your your honest to God answer. And it is, um, what, in your opinion, what is the best lead generation option to attract new customers? Well, that's quite a question. I like where this is going already. That's why. That's why I said I want the honest Ken Goodrich answer, like what, which is typically what we get anyway. But in your opinion, with all the experience you've had in it, by utilizing it, what is the best for new customers? Well, I, I like a different, a, a few different methodologies, but the the uh, the cleanest, most efficient manner right now is digital. So, you know, you have to have your digital strategy in place. You have to have a digital partner. 
and uh, you know you make your plan and you you got to understand that it's a 365 day a year proposition you have to be generating your leads 365 Every days a year, year right and promoting your brand Every so it's an expense that you have to understand that you have to cover in the cost of doing business uh, in your margins uh, as you sell your work and it, you have to have daily attention to it makes makes perfect sense to me so I but I also know that there's um, I think as you the reason I, I specified or was specific about new is obviously there's things that you guys are doing to existing customers cross-brand selling that way, which would be technically or they're already a customer. So I was just trying to say to our listeners or to our listeners, what's the best way they can do, what's something they can do now from somebody who's done lots of different uh, lead generation, to, what's the, something they could definitively do now that is uh, a direct lead that's coming in who's looking for exactly what you do but no particular business in mind, and Ken says digital to start with. Now, that's not always been that way. So, um, but let's go ahead and talk about, um, you know, maybe one or two things that that the listeners must do for lead generation. So digital is an option, but there are other things to do to, to generate lead to that maybe aren't even, don't have an expense or a yeah. cost attached to it. What are some other things that, that, that they could do to try and generate new customers? So, uh, you know, some of the techniques I've used is, I like to buy customer bases, right? So I, I you know, find a guy that's uh, retiring or a struggling company, and uh, you know, you buy the database. And there's all kinds of different ways to to structure deals like that that are more like a marketing cost, like a direct marketing cost. In other words, you pay it as you need it. Uh, and we can maybe do another podcast on that kind of stuff. But it's so. I've always had the most effective, the, the most effective lead gen that, that uh, we've experienced is when we buy a database of a company and then we direct mail, uh, email, and um, telemarket that list and convert those customers into club memberships and then start to develop the relationship. Are those opportunities far and few between now that companies have a more clear path to exiting via acquisition? Like, it's not like 10 years ago, we we're like, oh, I don't, know, I don't know how much my business is worth, so I'll take 50 grand for this list. Are there fewer of those today? I wouldn't say there's fewer of them. I think that, uh, you know, the, the heightened, you know, the heightened uh, sense about the value of these companies, you know, has pushed the costs up some. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot, there's a, there's a big section of our industry that's kind of a small mom and pop business that is not attractive to a, an acquisition, you know, a, a PE group or a strategic, sure. uh, and they're out there. And so people ask me all the time, like, how do you find him? You just got to stay in the game. It's lead yeah. generation. You always have to be generating leads. I'm generating leads for uh, databases and, and acquisition opportunities. My my day-to-day -day business is generating leads to sell air conditioning and plumbing. Right. So is that, do you think it's, it's the pool is still similar in regards to opportunity, but also people are more privy to it now, so they're also kind of competing against trying yeah, to I think, get yeah, that? Yeah, I think that, that, that uh, yeah. it's just getting tighter and tighter, but it's out there and not a lot of guys do it. Have you ever found yourself in a position, I'm thinking about some of our listeners here, where maybe you know, you can see that you may not hit payroll, and you know you need five installs to hit payroll, and you know you need 12 service calls to get those five, whatever that is, 
And looking back over your career, has there ever been a moment where you pulled a certain lever and you were able to do that? Or tell me some stories about having to kind of generate new customer demand with a sh in a short period of time with you know, a limited budget. So I tell this to my team all the time, and it really speaks to kind of your ownership of the situation, you know, your ownership of the business, but ownership of your current situation. I clearly remember the days that I'm sitting around uh, in my little business when I first start, and I'm working out of a sheet metal shop. I don't even have an office, and uh, I, I got nothing to do, so I pick up the phone book, turn it to the A's, and start dialing the phone myself and go find some work. And I made, made a little script, and I started talking to customers, and I'd book three or four calls, and then I'd go do them. Swallowed your pride yeah, and got so, after it. I mean, don't discount that. You just got to go. You got to show up, right? And that's you know. Well, I was just going to say that's the beauty. You mentioned digital early. That's the beauty that we still have to talk to people about every day. It's like, hey, you no longer have to start at the A's and work down. There are people searching for what you do. They just don't know you exist and they don't understand the value. And you can tell that story, and that's how you get new customers through digital. Yeah. So that's digital has made it infinitely more. Uh, Easier, right? Easier. And uh, yeah. much faster and more productive. Yeah. So that really helps. But other ways, so it's, you know, I like buying the databases of, of customers. We still outbound dial a lot, but yeah. we, you know, we'll, we outbound dial our, our, uh, our customer base, our club membership base, or any new bases that we buy. Yeah. Um, SmartAC.com, SmartAC.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. SmartAC.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. We've had lots of luck, still have some luck with targeted uh, direct mail, you know, specific situations. Like, you know, think about situations when you go into neighborhoods that exist on a typical uh, type of house. Um, I've had luck doing very simple postcards that say, while well, servicing homes in your area, We've noticed uh, some common HVAC challenges. Hot and cold spots, Yep. excess noise and so vibration. It's specific, so it's specific to an air, uh, like a zip code or whatever, like a perfect Yeah, but location. when you pick out these, you know, these common things that most homes have and you send them that piece of mail, you get a great return. Yep. I, I personally feel that direct mail is underrated, and I'm gonna tell you why. So I'm in the college search for my oldest right now, and I'm getting really good information from direct mail. But it's also got me thinking about direct mail for our industry. So I, I missed my seasonal maintenance this year, all right? Long story, I just didn't have someone come out and do a tune-up. I hope this never comes back and voids my you. warranty. How dare Linux, you? okay? It's fine. But I did get a postcard from the contractor who did the installation. And it was actually a really good call to action. It was, hey, if I have them out in the next 30 days, it's this price. Next 60 days, it's this price. Next 90 days, it's this price, right? And it goes up. And it had a QR code. So I followed the QR code, and it took me to a contact form. 
That's it. I couldn't actually buy anything. So let's talk lead conversion. So you've got outbound efforts going on. You've got your people on the phone. You've got leads coming in through digital search. What does conversion look like? So conversion starts on the, on the phone, right? When you book the call. So that's sort of the start. And that's a place where there's, that's a place where, where so many people miss in their business is that answering the phone and booking that call, right? The battle has to be won on the other end of the phone. Right. I know you guys put a lot of time and energy on, on that piece of the business Absolutely. because it, it is, it's a real uh, uh, trouble spot for most, most contractors. And if you don't stay on it, it becomes a trouble stop, spot for people who did, did a good job at one time, including us. Right. So, um, so the conversion happens there. And so you got to understand that that is a sale. So they hire a firm like yours. You go out. You, you put out their ad, you get a click, you get a response or a call. So you did your piece, you attracted them, but then the sale starts from how fast you answer the call, what you say when you answer the call, the, the attitude of the CSR or yep. CXR when you're calling, all the way through the process, right? Right, right. Yeah, so I wanna say uh, one quick thing on that. Um, I love that you mentioned the attitude of the CSR. I think that's absolutely important. It's overlooked often as like the tone, the way you talk to somebody, uh, because they can't see you, they're just hearing you. So overcoming objections is one thing, but how you talk to them is another. But I want to just say this, regardless uh, of lead generation, if you don't have lead conversion, then who gives a shit about lead generation, right? Because you, you generated that lead to then do nothing with it. So it's essentially a waste. So they both go hand in hand. They got to go, the two got to go together to equal the largest success. Yeah, and I, can't, I can't tell you how many guys I've seen over my career who were struggling in their business and they planted themselves in their contact center, squarely in the middle, they decided yeah. I show up here and I work all the way through my day here and turn their businesses around just by that. And it's just by being earshot of what's going on, being able to coach the CSRs, be able to talk to customers, uh, get their an their questions answered more rapidly, talk to technicians, you know, be engaged and see what's really going on. It's a very, very, very important part, part of yeah. the business. So if I'm a contractor and I'm listening to that, I, I get that, that makes sense. I go into the room, I'm not the best person to teach that process. Here's an opportunity for you to name someone, like who would be a good coach that they could go to that they can plant in their call center or in their office, whoever, to teach them how to convert better. Is there is there a, a good number one or two company out there? I'm sure they're here. I know one. Um, there's lots of them. You know, there's lots yeah. of them that can help you with that. I don't have any that come right to mind that we've used, but yeah. um, do, how about you guys? What do you know? Yeah. Well, so I'll just, obviously I'll say this selfishly because I, 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 like you mentioned a minute ago, we listen, because we're a digital marketing company that does lead generation, we listen to every single phone call, so we hear how the CSRs are handling the phone call. Obviously important. And I think what they've lacked over the years, too, that we've all, that even you and I've talked about, Tall Paul, for a few years, is just there's yeah. no accountability even when you do the training. You do the training, you leave. The CSR starts to, like, there's no accountability partners within them, but it's still so extremely important. But, you know, we ended up hiring a, uh, you know, a well-respected guy that does CSR training and, and uh, coaching and stuff in the industry as well because I was helping trying to close the loop for the customers. 
but there's a lot of good options around the industry. It's just finding the one that fits best for your organization. I think is the right answer there. I want to come back to something real quick yeah. on you, that you said, Tall Paul, with QR codes. I'm glad you brought it up because um, yeah. I do believe in like when QR codes first rolled out, it was kind of a pain in the ass to skew those. You remember that? Because you used to actually have like a specific app to scan it, and today you just pull yeah. your phone open and scan it. I was. Thank yeah, you, I was at the I was at the Cardinals game, the Arizona Cardinals game, really and uh, they put a QR code up on the big screen on the opposite side of the stadium, and I was able to scan it from my seat, and it took me to like the the team shop, you know. But it was cool yeah. because I was able to pull it out, scan that thing from so far away. Well, this is yeah. working the same way. This is why I've been a big believer in these QR codes now versus then because it's one, it's easier and it's more common. You go to a restaurant, yeah. there's QR codes, but I also believe, like to your point, and like we talked about on the on the um, flight over, Ken is. That conversion piece and what you can do with QR codes is where it's going to get really interesting. Like, you know, with yeah. obviously with you with Contractor Commerce, you can scan that thing and have it go right into a specific product if you wanted to. There's so many options that you can do to take it and close the sale to make it easier for the customer. Yeah, I agree. And I, so I want to pose this question to you, Ken, as we zoom out a little bit and think of the future of the industry, we're all going to be in this a long time. Think of some of the big brands, Nike, Pottery Barn, Home Depot, like how are they converting? they're converting by getting a credit card. Is there an opportunity for contractors to convert before it gets to a person? Well, I was, it's certainly headed headed that way, right? And uh, absolutely, every single yeah. day, you know, I call it the Amazonification of things, right? So uh, every single day you see bigger and more expensive things being sold online. I mean, people buy cars now, yeah. right? Cars a now car, online. Right. And, uh, so yeah, it's. I'm sure it's going on right underneath my uh, feet, and I don't even know about it. But uh, that is certainly going to be a huge shift for the industry, and we're digging right into that now to see how we can make the customer experience more resemble their other buying processes, right? Uh, which yeah. you know, when you talk about lead conversion, what they've done is they take all the sales bullshit out of the whole thing and they just make it so easy to do business with them that there's not much selling that has right. to go on right it, it's just okay. yep it's just the only way to get it done right it's easy and that's kind of what yep. what we got to start thinking about it, it's already happening and it's been happening in selfish plug here if you were to walk over to my booth at contractor commerce right now we've got a ticker up of all the orders we've received today for just filters and maintenance agreements and tune-ups, and it's well over 700, and it is 1241 Eastern time. Like, it is happening. There's a massive opportunity to do that. But you've got to have, like, you can't, it's not just e-commerce, it's not just phones, it's not just, like, you've got to have your right. team internally you know, dialed and, so and that's converting a, that's, when things That's come an in. interesting conversation, because if you're booking 700 in, in this short a period of time today, and you really don't have a brand, like, you're not, out there pounding your big drum and here, here, here's who I am and blah, blah, blah. It's like, here's something really easy to get you what you want. That, uh, it just flies in the face of a lot of uh, tribal knowledge, you know, the way we used to do things, right? Well, yeah. So I think that this is going to also going to come down to when you're, if you're listening, you're like, oh, shit, that sounds like a great idea. Yeah, that sounds like, ooh, how can I implement that, Paul? I think what we talked about is it's, it's easy to impl implement, like get actually physically put it into the site, and then it's you have to actually do something with it. So, But there's yeah. options for you. Like there's help for you listeners yep. to do help you do those. It's not as difficult as you think it is. So so like we talked about no zero days, 
this is one of those deals where you just got to take action and do something. Well, unfortunately for you listeners, there's plenty of partners that can help implement these things for you to make them successful. But even if you don't yep. have the staff to do it, that's what some of these vendor partnerships are for. Like that's what contractor commerce can do is help you get it set up and help you on how to put, to roll it out and all these types of things too. But it certainly is another um, lead conversion topic that is something that we have to pay attention to. I mean, we talked about it on a much deeper scale on the way over, obviously much deeper scale, but I mean, that was like probably half of our flight over was right. that conversation. That's how important it is to, to us and to you. And obviously Paul making the transition over to Contractor Commerce because of his, you know, how much he believes in that product. Like this isn't all, like this isn't like an accident. It's the way it's going, and you either got to let me let me throw this at you that really helped me when I first got started. When it comes to lead generation, lead conversion, it's all it's a numbers game, right? So you got to understand that, right? Yep. Everything has a cost, right? So I I go out and I say I need uh, to make my business work. I need to have a hundred appointments a day, right? Booked and uh, ran appointments a day. And then you start backing yep. into what it really takes to get 100 appointments a day. It's daunting, right? You got to understand that you got some attrition yep. from cancellations on your side or the customer side. You get some attritions by booking rates. You get some attritions on the web with with uh, you know how your ad works and performs, and um, it goes on and on and on, right? Yeah, and and you got to know your I you I mean again. I know this sounds like a lot, and the whole reason that at Rhino we do all the listening on behalf of the contractors and flagging the missed objections and all stuff is to make it easier for the contractor. That's the whole reason we had done it in the first place. But you have to pay attention to, like, I still look at booking rates. Even though I have no impact on the actual booking rate of, of a lead that's coming in, that, that company's accountable for it. So I'm just trying to give them that info so they know what their booking rate is if they didn't do it themselves. But what I also like is... That's important with conversions is you have to see maybe is your digital converting better than your direct mail, regardless of the size or revenue attached. So I'm just talking about your straight conversion rate. Like, hey, I spent money on a digital campaign. It's converting at X. I spent money on a digital or a direct mail piece. It's converting at Y. You still have to track those numbers in order to like I know that you're um, a very analytical thinker but that's just i feel like the foundational stuff that you have to know is you have to have these metrics in place what gets measured gets managed type of methodology on you yeah. gotta know your conversion rates you gotta yeah know. and it, it brings up a good point because oftentimes like when we were working together on marketing people will call us and say hey i want more revenue i want to spend more money on marketing and we'll do that and that's how most people market anyway but if you think about it can if you have the systems in place and this is what this is the first thing i learned about chris when i started working with rhino is you can start with the revenue and then you can get to how much stuff you need to do to get to the revenue. And then you can get to how many times you need the phone to ring to get the revenue. And then you can get to how many times you need to run this to do, and you can back into what you need to do. And then the lever doesn't become, I need to hire more people, I need to hire more technicians, I need to fire technicians, or I need to spend $100,000 more in marketing. The lever becomes within the system, things within your control. So people talk about like, oh, I can't control you know, I, half my half my marketing's not working. I just don't know which half, right? There are levers you can control if you have a system. So, talk about your system of lead conversion that you've put in the businesses over the you years. You like systems, don't you, Ken? I do like systems. <laughs> you know, uh, let me just tag on to something you said er you said earlier about 
you know, how the numbers play out, how you back into how many leads you really need to buy, all that stuff. You know, yeah. I look at the business as a machine. I am a, you know, I start out as an air conditioning technician. I understand how that works. And so think of lead generation as the, the power, the electricity going into the machine to make all the other things work. And you know, you're a technician, you'll, you'll put your meters on, your gauges, your everything else, and count where everything's at. And that's how you make the decision if everything's working properly, right? And so that's how I've always looked at it. And it's really helped me understand that every piece of the business has to be executing with the right metrics, the right numbers to make the whole machine flow and work. And so I, I see yeah. people, they, they tend to jump on one thing and they start focusing on one thing, not understanding there's seven other components that need to be working at the same time. I'm sorry, now, I didn't answer your question. What was your question? <laughs> About conversion, what's your system for conversion? Are there elements that you can share that help you convert phone calls better or any sort of interest from new customers that, you're, that you've implemented in the business? Is it a question that people are asking or is it an actual well, I would Well, I would just say it's more of an experimental process at all times, right? So, yeah. you know, what key phrases, what key phrases get the best books, right? What key phrases gets the, yep. the close, the best sales? But I will say this, over the years, the, ne the necessity for lead conversion in lead conversion or sales for the, you know, the, uh, the high caliber salesman jargon is going away. You know, people don't, yeah. they, don't re they don't like that anymore. It's, uh, again, back to the Amazonification of things, people just like this simple transaction, very transparent, I know what I'm buying, and not be sub subjected to that sales pitch. So, so most of the sales training that's going out there, at least subjectively that I've consumed, still teaches the model of a salesperson going in the home and building company value, building company value, reveal price, handle objections, pick solutions, finance, right? That's the model. Will that be the way it is five or 10 years from now, or will it be expected that pricing should be a little more upfront? And how do contractors handle that? I think that whole, I think that'll, I think the things that we're get, they're getting taught today are very important that every technician should have it. And I think that everybody should, should probably have a sales coach and put that system in their business. But understand this, Everything's changing so fast, and you may not need it, but you will need some of those skills and, and, and how to, to yeah. represent your company and things like that. Absolutely. But yes, it's going to be more like, it's going to be more like the day-to-day -day transactions that cause all these boxes to come show up in front of your front door every night, or every day, right? Yeah. With help from a local contractor who is going to install yeah. it professionally and be there for you forever. That's the thing that I think contractors are afraid of that, but it's actually an opportunity for them to show what they're actually about, what they've been doing that's trying to be commoditized by things like Amazon or whatever, or I can't name the different types of lead aggregate companies, but other companies who are yeah. trying to get a piece of the contract. I don't pie. see that it, I, I don't see that's going to become <laughs> just a 100% pure transactional customer, right? Where they're just, I bought that box, it showed right. up some guy showed up and put it in. I don't think it's going to be like that uh, because 
at the end of the day, we, we are still building something inside your home, right? And, uh, you know, having people inside your home and the, and the level of quality and uh, how they represent themselves really still matters. It's not, we don't just drop an AC off at your front door and say, see ya, right? Right. Now, back to just standard phone conversions, email conversions, all those things. What is a good metric to measure and what is a good number? So is it 70% of phone calls booked into an appointment? Like what is the action? What's the measurement? What's the KPI for KG? The KG KPI? See what I did there? I, I tried to See sound it out. <laughs> I'm so smart. I did not. So uh, we, our, our metric our metric for uh, booking in our uh, contact center is 92%. Okay, that's higher than I thought. So <laughs> we spend a lot of time with, we have trainers, you know, we have trainers in our, uh, our uh, contact center. We have uh, went out and recruited uh, a VP uh, of customer experience whereby, and, and she has experience Fancy. running 500 agents at a time and running a, a you know a, a world-class American Express kind of call center you know that kind of stuff so she's yeah. she's really taken us up a few notches but you can play at that level you know I see most guys running 80 you know a booking rate of 80 it seems to yeah. be kind of the norm and acceptable thing but you think about that it gets really expensive right you know when, you, when your lead costs sure. say your lead your raw lead cost is a hundred bucks and you book at 80, what is the, what is your true lead cost then at that point? More. <laughs> well, 180. of course, I, and I can't wait to bring up one last thing know. we haven't talked about in regards oh. to lead conversion oh, and even lead generation. Both these act, actually this one topic is going to tie back to both of them. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you I'm ready. ready. Okay. We didn't talk about how, branding impacts your lead generation and your lead conversion. Well, we talked about it in the marketing section, but yeah, you know, yeah. You know, back to that conversation. When we before we first started focusing on our brand and and our brand message, we were running a click-through rate of like 6%. How's that grab you? 6%. Sounds so sounds solid to me. I mean, anytime someone reports click-through rate, there's usually a little bit yeah, of fuzz, I don't know. so we won't push too hard. But for the sake of numbers, let's keep well, going. <laughs> sounds good. Carry the on. guy that was doing our stuff said 6%. So, All right, so yep. we, <laughs> once we got our brand hey, going on. and started, you know, like I, like I said last time, you know, planted the flag in the cities that we're servicing that we're here and here's what we're about and here's what we stand for and remember us, our click-through rates exceeded 60. So the yeah. brand is very important, but but I would brand say, you know, you know, what comes first, chicken or the egg? Get your digital strategy going and start getting leads in the door. And then you start tweaking it yeah. and perfecting it when you, then you add the brand. You know, the adding the brand first, the brand, branding is a very expensive proposition and it doesn't give you immediate leads. So, right. You know, that is a, if you you know, that's an augment, augmentation to your lead generation process, not the lead generation process yeah. itself, right? Okay. 
This episode is brought to you by Kick Charge once again. Damn it. Um, hey, I, I want to get a little granular on your call center. Um, I'm envisioning the center and your coach and the VP of experience. If there's one ingredient, one key ingredient to the experience that happens on the phone with Gettle, what is that ingredient? Is it urgency? Is it, like, what is it? If you could pick your favorite ingredient. I have one. I know what, it, I know what mine All right, is. Let's, let's, let's be silent. See how long it takes Ken to answer. Gettle. So I think the, the most the most important piece of the call center uh, performance is the culture in the call center and and the culture in the call center. I mean, there it's a daunting job. Think about it. I mean, people are calling. They got a challenge. It's always kind of a you know possibly contemptuous phone call, right? Yeah. So. You got to keep their. You, you got to keep them up and, and positive and celebrate and and uh, you know yep. stop them here. You know stop them in uh, intervals during the day and talk about what's going right, what's not going, what's going wrong. You know, it's a very important. Yeah. It's the center of the operation, and so you got to treat it as yeah. such. You got to keep your team up and motivated, and you know, talk about all the good things they're doing. Their the purpose. Uh, you know, what their purpose is in the whole organization, how important they are. Yeah. My, my ingredient as a consumer, the one ingredient that was added to a phone call that converted me immediately Ooh. was empathy. Oh, and yeah. I'll never forget it. I was in a tight situation. I had to uh, repair a foundation. It was going to be over $10,000, like, and it had to be done in the next couple of days. And I was calling around, calling around, calling around, and I called, and someone said, Oh, honey, I'm so sorry you're dealing with this. <laughs> and I was you. like, thank you. thank you so much. You? And that was it. I'll never forget it. She just yeah. made me feel like she understood yeah, me. She understood my, uh, it was stressful. And she got the well. job. Empathy. Big what, fan. Big fan. What an ingredient of a sales uh, a lead conversion would be is he would say, well, I guess she didn't plan on buying an air conditioner today, now did you? That that's the first line, and there's some variation of that, but yeah, it's empathy. Yeah, yeah, that line, and that's empathy. Yeah, and it's the way yeah. the way in which you say it obviously matters. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I thank you for bringing that up. Empathy is number one. I believe that again, the number one marketing tactic is to genuinely care, and if you genuinely care, empathy should come along with that. But because I think it's kind of hard to, it can be hard to, to train empathy to a non-empathetic person. Maybe I'm wrong, maybe not. But I do think that if you just genu if you genuinely care about solving the problem, it's going to come across that way anyhow. But you're right. First thing, especially if you're you know you go home, you're like I like I. Speaking of which, Ken, I meant to mention this to you yesterday. I need to get a quote on two on, on two new air conditioning units. So make sure you take good care of me. I really appreciate that. I'll go ahead. I'll go ahead. I'll go ahead and consider. Go to his website. His pricing should um, be there. But <laughs> um, but yeah, obviously it's a pain in the ass when that stuff happens, and you're like. You call, and if it's like, okay, can I collect your, can I, there's, I'm immediately already like, come on, man. Like, at least say, hey, you know what? I'm so sorry. I know it's like it's super hot outside. You're probably roasting. You have fan, like, just that feeling. Because people keep, people take action yeah. off of emotion, right? And emotion creates an action. Yes. One way or another. So, empathy. Key By the way, let me throw and, this uh, at you. We should, have, we should have brought Dale on here. I can't stress this enough. I don't know why we do this. Like we we are uh, us contractors sometimes are our own worst enemies, right? So we say, hmm. So uh, 
the Rhino guy said the, the lifeblood of the company is the contact center, the lead, the lead generation piece of the business. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna hire the least expensive, the least experienced, the least motivated people I can find to handle the most important piece of the business, right? Like, I don't even, I don't Ooh, get that's it. good. And by Preach. the way, I've done Preach. that. <laughs> right. Yeah, I continue to do that. Possible. I don't even know why I do that. But, you know, when, you know, go out and pay <laughs> somebody. Let them make some money on this, some, some professional people, and let them understand is you are my conduit. You are the conduit to our customers. You're, you are the concierge of our customers to bring them and to the beginning of our five-star experience here. Yeah. Not, you know, uh, you know, your role isn't to be watching the clock and look for your next smoke break, right? So I can't stress enough, put some time right. and energy and go get the most quality yeah. people you can find and afford you, you, let me tell you this. You can't afford minimum wage people in your call center. You can't. Yep. Yep. Well, and, and it there's certainly your helps with, uh, That's a big one. You know, turnover as well in the call centers because they're being paid. But, again, you're right. Like, forget about it. All that money spent on brand, all the money spent on branding, years, whatever it takes, all the money spent on lead generation, all this money spent on whatever to try and generate a new customer or even an existing customer calling in. You can't cheap ass out on the CSRs or or at least don't give them some sort of ongoing accountability to make them better. So I'm not just saying like beat up on the CSRs if they miss objections and shit like that. I'm saying you also got to give a lot of praise too because people want to feel good about what they're doing. I mean, regardless of the position. So words of encouragement. That's your your love language? That's my love language. Okay, so we're about a solid, what are we about? And money. Okay, about, oh my gosh, man. So we're about uh, 50 minutes into this podcast already. You believe that? Five zero, five no. zero. Maybe time I'm, is flying somewhere around there. But we hit on the, um, you know, this was part three of the seven centers of management attention. The very next one, and probably the most important right. once that comes in, is the client fulfillment, right? Because if you if you jack up client fulfillment too many times, guess what that impacts your brand impacts your reputation, impacts your business, all these things. But you should want to get it done right. But that requires a lot of extra training and things like that, too, like things to make sure that your team can do it, your systems are in place, all this other stuff. So I'm excited to go into the uh, world of client fulfillment and Ken Goodrich's head because we're only talking about that topic because there's quite a bit to cover in that. I want to talk about the perfect installation. The Gettle installation, the perfect experience. Hey, by the way, on this whole seven centers thing, I can't stress this enough. By Gettle. The seven centers are just, it's just an outline. It's a way to organize yourself to think about the business. Guide. And and if you think about the seven centers and and you apply it to an air conditioner, for instance, just think of the seven key components that make that machine run. And there's metrics around it. There's work. There's systems that have to be done in each of those seven components to, to optimize the output of the machine, right? And so when you stand back and you look at this thing, say, okay, once you get a, a good steady machine and it's running, how do I accelerate the performance of the machine? Where, you know, Which way do I turn the knob on the leadership uh, section? And, what do I do to the uh, lead conversion section to get that up? 
you know, this is how as a leader of the organization you need to look at your business. And there's metrics and systems in each of those areas. And you're the, you're the leader that is leading your team to build those systems, implement them, yeah. and track them through the metrics. That's a business. Yeah. Well, you can. and, and <laughs> You can't you know, just add free on is what you're telling me. Potentially burn a lot of time. <laughs> You know, have and some people have tragically wasted lives, you know, because they don't ever bring this whole concept together. They're always just chasing the dollar. Yeah. It's not a business. It's not a machine. Exactly. It's a it's a it's not a machine it's a machine right. with guide guide with guardrails in place. <laughs> Got it. Well listen. I think this was pretty successful. That's Our good. first live podcast here at Service World Expo 2021 in yeah. Louisville. Louisville. I hope everyone can appreciate the like the gentle noise in the background of people just being back at it in a trade well, show. It's really cool to watch Louisville. everybody come by and they're this is exciting. Know, and take pictures and take video and watching and you know listen to Ken. I hopefully they can hear us. I doubt it that they can hear us. Vince. Uh, and so anyhow, listeners, we are so extremely grateful for you guys to tune in. And um, I'm curious to hear how this thing sounds as well. You know what I mean? Like. Especially because we're going to have some more of these coming up yeah. in, in the near future. But KG, as always, man, I appreciate you being on here. I appreciate you taking time. I mean, the fact that um, I know a lot of people probably want to connect with you while you're here, since you're here for a few days, to take an hour with us, is all, I'm always grateful for that. So I appreciate you. I appreciate our friendship. I appreciate you sharing that information for our listeners. And we got one more, man, one more of the four-part series. One more. Part four. Are you going to be ready for it, TP? And hey, KG's might, gonna be ready for it. A, I am ready. I bring another, stays ready. Always ready. P ready. ready. On the next one. Oh. Oh. I yeah. like it. I thought you were gonna say guest. I would like to meet more people Dale, from the team. We need to get Dale back on here, the two hundred million dollar man. We, but he tries to avoid eye contact so he had to come over. There's Jason. He's at your house installing. Oh, there's Jason. Shout out, Jason. Yeah, so anyhow, listeners, I'll go ahead. Well, I don't want to keep rambling on, but uh, we appreciate you guys so much. And I'm going to finish like I always do with the review. Um, and this one, actually, this particular guy is here, and he is a uh, Rhino customer. Uh, Mr. Ryan Grimes nice. from Beltway up the Northeast. Uh, five stars. RG. It says, listen and repeat. Ooh, listen and repeat. Okay, so does that mean re I like it. repeat it again? Like listen to, the, to it again or listen to more? Okay, got it. I <laughs> really enjoy this it. podcast. I sit down with a notepad and pen every time, kind of like Tall Paul's doing right now. Uh, they are very intentional right. with who they bring on the show. This is true. Uh, and I love their culture and who, and it's who I try to imitate. They're going to take your business to the next level. Ryan Grimes, RG, appreciate you, dude, man. Thank you so much. And listeners, man, listen, we Part appreciate that. I love seeing all the reviews point. come in. Um, our, our guests love hearing that whenever you mention their names in the reviews and things like that. It's an extra little pat on the back. We're all trying to give back to the industry. So, um, listen, guys, that's a wrap on Service World Expo 2021 Live with my man Ken Goodrich. Uh, until next time, we'll see you.